podcast. This is episode 31. We are racking them up and moving along. And I just want to thank you guys for riding with us and doing life with us. We are enjoying ourselves. Love to have you. For those of you listening, uh, wherever you get your podcast, thank you so much for listening. Consider coming on over to the YouTube channel. Life can be a niche and check it out on YouTube um, and you can see the video of it. And for those of you who are watching YouTube today, you know what to do. Hit subscribe, like, share, tag it, share it. Let somebody else know about it as well. Um, And let's grow our community of lifers doing life. I can't wait to share with you the tea of the episode. It's a repeat, like a back-to-back repeat um, of the tea. And that's because I've had so many questions about the tea from the last episode, uh, which the tea of the episode was uh, a wedding tea, a tea for marriage. And (laughs) y'all, that tea is so good. It's a white tea. It's a white loose leaf tea. Um, I got it from Harney and Sons. It's one, I I love loose leaf teas. I love Harney and Sons. And this is one of my favorites. So it's called a wedding tea and it's a tea for marriage or wedding tea, I think, and it's a tea for marriage, but that's what it is. So everybody who's been asking, putting it out there again, so you can go, y'all don't know what this tea is going to do. I started sipping on it. Y'all know that I'm a divorced mom of boys. Uh, so I'll, <laughs> I don't know if sipping this tea is going to make things happen or what's going to happen, but everybody's like, what, what, can, what tea? How can we get it? It's, it's Harney and Sons and it's a wedding tea. It's, it's just good tea. If nothing comes of it, it's really good tea. And if you already married or you already locked down or you already got a significant other, um, say, hey, drink it and stay locked down. I don't know <laughs> why they call it that. I don't know, but it's good. Anyway, I digress. Let me get on to the topic at hand uh for today's episode you guys know how to get at me on social media i definitely want to talk to you about this and interact with you um and get your opinions as well as your thoughts because this has been quite an interesting conversation the past few goodness the past few weeks have really been interesting uh and now i will i will explain why in just a moment Uh, But at Katie Bryant writes on Instagram, Facebook and Twitter and on TikTok. Now, I said I was not going to do TikTok and my children have taught me into it. Thankfully, obviously, nobody knows that I'm out there. So it's very few. But these kids and these TikToks. Anyway, that's another episode. uh, A whole nother thing. Let me stay on topic with what I need to be talking about now. Uh, So. uh, please do uh, follow and get out there and and interact. So this is a truthful mommy moment. And I don't know, I don't even know how, I knew one day this conversation would come up with my children, but I didn't know exactly when or how it would. So Here's here's the scenario of what's going on. Uh, my kiddo is uh, in middle school. Uh, they both are, and he is has always been a, a studious kid. So he's always uh, watched TED Talks. Even when he was like seven, eight years old, he was watching Discovery Channel, TED Talks, National Geographic, anything that you would see senior citizens doing on a Sunday morning, you know, while they're drinking coffee, he, that's what he was doing. And he was soaking all his stuff up and just studying, studying. So I learned from my mom, who has had a conversation with him uh, on the way home from school yesterday. No, I, I take that back the day before yesterday, that he has been talking to his students and they have all decided that they are going to start a petition to have more truthful education about Columbus Day. That's how he explained it to me. First, he was saying, you know, maybe Columbus Day just shouldn't even be recognized at all. And then he said, but, you know, 
maybe it should be recognized, but the whole story told about what really happened and, you know, how everything went for the indigenous people. And, and I'm listening and I was like, wait a minute, <laughs> is this a project? You know, cause the first thought is, oh, that's interesting that, that, that is that's such a thought provoking class project that they have you guys working on about how you would go about, uh, you know, the procedures and steps to eradicating or changing things that are, you know, use view as wrong, or, you know, I thought maybe this is part of the legislative process or a part of government, like civic something is not. <laughs> and some friends and I am, while I am pressed that he's enlightened and studious and thoughtful about history and the world and 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 where we stand as humans in it and, and how we should speak and represent and stand up for each other. Part of me, I didn't even think I would, I, I don't even think I would be at this point, but part of me is in mommy mode, like, wait, what are you doing? And and I don't even know how to put into words what I felt. I felt several things when he told me what they were discussing and that he had a petition and, you know, kids were signing and has to be organized because he has to vet all the names. So they have to put their name and, you know, their information in there, you know, to share and to sign up on this petition. And I'm, you know, thinking, well, where's petition going? Who are you petitioning? Because Having that introduced in the school curriculum, that, that's a great thought, but this is a legislation, this is actually something that we need to be addressed at statewide curriculum. Uh, but unless you're talking about just, you know, how the class celebrates, I'm just trying to understand his thought process. And I don't even know if, if they've really thought it all the way through but what piqued my interest and what caused me to go through a reeling mommy mode and be real, a real truthful moment about who I am and, and really hit to the soul of me was when my black son said, I'm putting together a petition and we're going to this, you know, this, we need to know the whole story about Christopher Columbus. We need to know this and we need to know that. I immediately went into protective mode, like, hold on, wait a minute now, slow down. You know, who knows about this? What are you doing? And I don't know, I don't know if, if this conversation would be going this way had it not been for what we experienced and saw in 2020, because it's not like, this isn't, it's not like anything that's happened is new. It's not like it's uncommon. It was, it's just so blatant and so, and so frequent and just more bold and bodacious. So the first thought was, how do I protect him? Because I don't want anyone to take anything out on him about he, how he feels about the situation or how he is speaking up and standing up for what he thinks is the right way to go or the right way to, to understand this celebration and, and, and this day or what this day really meant in history. I was impressed because I knew that he had been studying with my dad. Thank you, dad. Um, He's, my father taught social studies and uh, among other topics, but he loved social studies and history. So my dad drank that just constantly pouring into me and then into my children, the value of history and knowing who you are and the real story, the whole story, not just pieces. He always taught, even though he was a teacher for more than 30 years, he always taught me that there is so much more to these stories. You know, he's like, it's just like when you read them and when you hear, when you 
really understand the, the all the things that were happening and all the pieces and how they fit together. You know, what was going on in government, what was going on in the community, what was happening in, in people's churches. And when you put it all together, you know, you you it's like watching a soap opera unfold. That's how he made history and and social studies and civic lessons fun because he he put all the pieces together and you're like, oh, because he's like, well, what do you think? How do you think that affected people who were going to the church? Or how do you think that affected people who were working in the factories or whatever it was? And so he gave my children that love of learning. So I'm not, I'm glad and pleased that he knows all of that. What my thought was, was protecting him from maybe being retaliated against. And I never thought I would be that mom ever because that's, he's doing exactly what I was raised to do and exactly what I've taught them. You stand up for what's right. You speak up for what's right. You know, you sometimes people talk a good game and it's easy for somebody to fly off the handle and, and, and to get upset and, and, you know, say a few words or whatever, get someone straight in that moment. But it takes it takes commitment and diligence to follow through and say, let me see what laws are in place so we can address this <laughs> from, a, from a, a more systemic legal you know, standpoint to really sit down and think about how can I truly impact change? What can I do? What what's my first step? You know, is it having it documented? Is it writing it? Is it reporting it to someone? And and I was pleased to see that he has understood that it's way more than lip service and posting a few, you know, memes and, and stuff. But when you're willing to put your money where your mouth is and invest and pay to support a cause or your brain to work to actually put your your power your your intellectual ability to work for something to serve in some capacity that's a that's a heavier lift and i'm pleased about that because i'm like well he's doing exactly what my father always taught what my mom always taught and what i have taught this is the it's textbook but y'all I was sitting there like, like James and Florida Evans when Michael would come in and they, they called him a militant midget and he would come in and he'd had these signs. I'm protesting. <laughs> I'm like, he's like, hold on, hold on, militant midget. What do you mean? That's how I, I had so many emotions happen. I was proud that he thought that much about it, that it bothered him enough to move him to move. He was moved enough to move on something. I'm, pr I'm proud of that as a mom. Then as a mom, seeing things unfold in the country we're living in now and how people are acting and how people are, no, not how they're acting, how people are behaving because acting is fake. How people are behaving and, you know, the underbelly of the country and what's really uh you know, the pink elephant in the room that nobody wants to address, how it's being handled in, on so many levels in so many different places. So I immediately I'm thinking protective mommy mode, like, do we want to go there? Do, is this the time right now? It's so volatile. Is this the time to do anything other than go to there, get your work? What are you talking about? Just do your work, focus on your work. And, and, you know, save the revolution for later about it. But it's so refreshing at the same time. Then my third thought was, who am I? A gut check. Are you really who you say you are? Are you really, do you really stand for what's right? Or you stand for what's right unless there is a threat of something happening and you want to recall, now you want to reel the kiddo in because 
you're fearful of something that something could happen or you taught this kid to stand for these things and now he's standing and now you're trying to figure out like how can I defuse the situation how can I stop this petition from happening how can I deflect so that we are not doing that right now and if I felt like a hypocrite to be honest, I, I mean, this is a real truth moment for me. I felt like a straight up hypocrite. I still feel like a hypocrite. Um, because I, I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what I thought. My dad, growing up in the house with my father and my mom was a learning experience. And my father taught me um, the ins and outs and the way you weave in and out of the worlds that, that you are in as a woman, as a black woman, as a student of the world, there are certain things you can do. There's certain things you need to be careful about what you do. And there's certain things you don't do. And you have to recognize the right time to do the thing. Always do the right thing, but you have to recognize the right time to do certain things because of safety or because it could cost you your job or it could cost you, you know, your peace or your safety because everybody is not for the same things or the causes that you're for. So he was always impressed when I would come home and I say, you know, this happened, this happened, this happened, and this is what I did, and this is what I said, and I'm writing such and such, and I'm calling blah 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 because that wasn't right. Da, da, da. And the first thing he says is, "Okay, you thought that through? Did you think about this? Did you think about that?" And that's a, and so he did it in a way, to where he didn't say, "Whoa, whoa, 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 whoa." There were times when my father told me. That's not safe. You're a black woman in a city that you don't know, living alone, and people are upset that you have a job that they felt like a black woman shouldn't have. So it's not safe to rock any boats, get there, do your job, learn the lay of the land, and start to affect change slowly by building allies and mentors so that you're not out on a limb. So you can't go in wide open, hot-headed in this situation. Take your time and strategize. Best advice he ever gave me was to recognize and discern when it's time to get froggy and jump and when it's time to sit back, think, look at the situation from a holistic view and figure out how you can make things right through the right channels. But everything that have to be, I got them right then, I got them right then. Everything that have to be that. And I learned from that. And I thought, and I know that he was teaching the boys the same way. He was telling them, hey, look, there are times when you're going to want to say something, but it's not the right time to say anything. Just be silent and listen. You know, some, and it's hard to do that. So there's all these lessons that he used to give. And I was giving and passing on what he taught me. But I think the difference was, and why I feel like a hypocrite is because we lived in a world where for the most part, I was sheltered from a lot. And we were all sheltered. I, I think most people in my age range will, will probably agree, not because things were not happening. You were well aware of racism, of sexism, of any isms. You were well aware of it. You very likely experienced it, um, even in elementary school growing up. It's not like you were sheltered from that, but we didn't have 24 hour access to the entire world. 
We had TVs. I grew up there. There were channels two through 13 if you had cable. And so, you know, computers were just becoming a thing. I mean, I was literally learning to code on a Commodore 64 computer. Uh, there was nothing in my hand. There was no mobile phone. So things that were happening, the way I found out was either watching the news or reading the newspaper. Things that my parents taught me to always, always watch the news. <laughs> I'll never fool around and not watch the news and not was, know what's going on. And my journalism professors uh, instilled in me what my grandmother taught me at, at a very young age, which was read the newspaper read several newspapers. My grandmother had one or one or two newspapers that she read, Cordial Dispatch and Abana News. Uh, as we were all, you know, from a small town. I, so, you know, it was, I think the news came out every week. Might've been every two weeks. I don't know. But there was a newspaper that was read and my grandmother read every page, front to back. Recipes, every, all of it, obituaries, everything, the news. And when I got to journalism school, uh, Professor Hazinski made it very clear, you know, you should read five newspapers a day. He's probably, I don't know if he's retired yet or not. He's probably maybe read, you need to read 10 newspapers a day if, paper, if papers are still around like that. But you, you get different perspectives when you watch the news and when you read the news. That's a whole nother topic. I'm, I'm not going there on that. So all of that to say, we were sheltered because if you're getting a newspaper once a week or you're watching the news and you're seeing things that happen, um, national news or even your local news, it's pretty big things. But now when people can go live on Facebook and Instagram live and they can record things in real time and you're watching it unfold, you're not you're not getting a narrative from any particular paper or their political views, you know, depending on whether the paper is conservative or the paper is very liberal, you're not getting any slant. You're watching it happen. And that has changed to me the way you parent. It's changed the way I parent. So I am mindful of, you know, the lessons I'm teaching, but it was a different time for us. So it was easy for my dad and my mom to say, oh yeah, you stand up for what's right. You do this, you do that, you do this. Because for the most part, we didn't see this much. We didn't have access to it. They probably weren't even aware of some things. You knew about things that happened locally because you know the, the word would go around, the word get around the street where you know they say, you don't know how such and such got killed or they don't know how blah, blah, blah. But, you know, it's never made the news. <laughs> So everybody from a small town has a story, even the city. Like, well, they don't know what happened to such and such. All, all of a sudden turned up dead. So, you know, now that's not life. So my father probably felt very comfortable knowing that I wouldn't put into action all this standing up and doing what's right until I went off to college and I was no longer in their home where they stood up for everything. Anything that happened that was you know, out of bounds for them with me or with our family, they stood up. And it's very comforting to know you laid that foundation. And when your child is an adult, they're able to stand up and they know what standing up looks like, what it means, how it moves, the sacrifices that come with it. Now, because the world has changed so much, you still teach your children, stand up, you know what it means, you know how to move, you know how to do blah, blah, blah. The difference is they're so aware of so many more things that the innocence of their childhood, in my opinion, with my children, I'm just giving you the perspective. I'm having a truth moment and a gut check with myself. So I'm really just talking through my thoughts and feelings. And I'm just glad y'all, you know, here to listen because I do want to engage and, and hear what you have to say. But the difference now is that kids see so much, they hear so much because everything is at their fingertips. Everything is a mouse click or a finger tap or a thumb like away all over the world. My son has friends all over the world just because of that device. But that device has, has lifted 
a, a veil of innocence that many of us grew up with. You might've been aware, but there was still some shield of, but in our little bubble, in our little world, this is comfortable. Whereas my children have seen things, we're shocked. They're seeing, we're seeing things that we have never seen before or we've only read about, you know, cause it happened in the 1800s or the early 1900s. And now you're seeing things unfold right on television or literally down the street from you. And it's, it's different. They're 2020, if nothing else, it taught us some really hard lessons as adults about who we are and the people who, the souls of people around us and who needs to be around us and who probably shouldn't be. So it has definitely revealed a lot uh, and people have severed ties and love decided, hey, love people from afar you know, but, you know, just not even have them in your space or your circle because their belief system is not lined up with yours. Their value system doesn't line up with yours. Their faith and what they believe faith-wise doesn't line up with your faith. So it's just like, okay, well, there's a distance. Because of all this, because of everything that's happened between the pandemic and the injustices and the things that we just see every single day, day and things people say so the kiddos are like at that age totally oblivious to wanting to petition anything (laughs) stand up for anything the kids have seen a lot our children are seeing a lot and even if they don't say anything to you even if it looks like they're just you know ho-humming along or you know chatting with their friends about you know overwatch or doggone um, Fortnite or whatever they're playing uh, is is they are aware they are more mature often they are more mature than we were but in a different maturity not necessarily I think I think our generation my generation Gen X and um, and some millennials a few uh grew up with, I'm not, no, I'm going to take the millennials out. I think the Gen Xers uh, grew up with something a little different, whereas you see a, a higher maturity level at a very young age, but you also have the, we have the wonderful privilege of living in a world where there was channels two through 13, if you had cable, and now my channels are in the 1500s. I don't even, I couldn't watch all the TV that I have coming through the box if I wanted to. If I quit my job and didn't do anything all day, I can't even watch each channel that I have for five minutes. That's how much is coming at us now. So we're in a, a really unique place as a generation who's raising or the, the children of the age right now, children who are in school. And we have a different perspective. We have a neat perspective because we've been there when there was no nothing. You know, your cell phone was, I had this black zip bag and, and you pull it out and it was heavy and a cord and it was clunky. You had to charge it with the cigarette lighter and you could only talk on it in the car because I don't even think it was an adapter to it. And if it was, the signal might not work and it had these big old buttons. And it just, it looked like somebody took an office phone, put it in a leather bag and zipped it up and just, and then put a five pound weight in and you say, here, it's either a weapon or a phone, you choose. But that's how we grew up. And now we are young enough to understand and experience all the technology at our fingertips. So we are kind of like, in two worlds here. Whereas our kids only know this. They only know instant gratification, instant access, instant anything I want to know about what's happening anywhere in the world, I can get it. And so all of that brings me to when I taught my son to be the revolution, be the change, be the one who stands for what's right, speak up for what's right, don't ever let anyone disrespect you 
or don't ever anyone tell you any old thing. You just believe you look it up for yourself. You go out and do this. I mean, this is what my father taught them as well. And my mom as well. Well, what I did bank on is that he would be coming in at, you know, just 13. I'm ready for the revolution. <laughs> you know, I know my father knew he had equipped me for adult life. And that what I would see as an adult, because he knew it was coming. He always told me, oh, you just keep living. Keep living. It's something. It's the storms are coming, my dear. They're coming. And you have to have a conviction and a constitution of your own to know where you stand when things are uncomfortable and when things aren't right. And you may lose friends. You may, you know, you could lose your job depending on where you are. And if there's retaliation, you have to be careful. Quick, pick and choose your battles carefully. But when you battle, baby, you battle. So I certainly did not think I was going to be faced with that this soon, to be honest, to be completely truthful. I didn't think the kiddo would be thinking, because I, I still don't understand the strategy yet. I heard a little piece of it. I didn't think he'd be thinking, hey, I need to be, I need to get this revolution going because, you know, this is not, this is not right. Granddad taught me about what happened and how, you know, what Columbus, what really happened. And granddad, you know, showed me books and then I read it and it was on the History Channel. And if you read, I mean, if you see blah, blah, blah. <sighs> I know. I know you're exactly right. I just didn't want you to be this right this young because a realistic moment for me is the world is a wicked place. And unfortunately, I was not able to, nor any of us were able to shield our kids from the wickedness. I like that word, wicked. Not able to shield our children from the wickedness that is in humans and people and that's the difference. I thought I had more time for my militant midget and he's not even being militant. That's the thing. He's such a thoughtful, careful strategist that it's not even about being militant or disrespectful or anything like that. It's literally, this should probably have more detail. This should, this should tell more of the real story. Maybe we shouldn't be celebrating this like this is some great thing. Maybe this is a, something that we really need to learn about, you know, as so everybody knows what this really means, you know, is it, but it happened. So he's not trying to erase history, which I'm grateful for that. But, I think that's that's where I thought I had more time to have the discussion about. Oh, I, I'm with you. I, I you wanted okay. I I got it. let's go. And the state of the world that we're in right now has everyone looking at. But is that safe? Is that wise? And it's something small. I mean, in the grand scheme of things, it's a really small effort. It's an innocent effort, too. Um, and I think that's probably what I'm also winning. I also went into mama bear mode about is you're coming at this not from a place of being belligerent or being cantankerous or even you know, being, um, you know, a rebel rouser, even. You saw something, you know it's not accurate, and you want to help to find a solution to make it accurate or make it an educational experience or definitely not, but downplay 
you know, that it's this big celebration because so much happened that was so evil and so wrong. You can't even see reading it that way where it is like, you know, this was discovered and this was found. So I get it. I get it. And, and I want to protect mama bear mode wants to protect that innocence that you are wholeheartedly believing that you're doing something good and something right because that's what your grandfather taught you. That's what I teach you. That's what your dad teaches you. And that's what Mimi teaches. So applause. But Mama Bear is like, I don't want anybody to take your innocent, gen- just faith-filled, purpose-driven activity as and turn it into something, change the narrative of what you're trying to do or change the narrative of the type of person you are and label you as a troublemaker or label you as something that you're not. Because I know it's coming from the purest place of you loving history and but understanding it and knowing it. And that was a mommy moment. So on our ride home from school, I was sitting there and my, I was having an argument with myself in my head. I'm like, what have you taught this child to stand for? You taught this child to stand for what's right. He has a conviction. He has a belief. You always told him to do the right thing. Your dad always told him to do the right thing. He's doing the right thing. It's just, it's such a tumultuous time to do anything other than carefully watch around your surroundings, pray constantly without ceasing. Pray without ceasing never meant so much this past year. I mean, you should do it anyway. But this past year, if you didn't start praying without ceasing, might I suggest you do that Uh, because it's a whole different world and a whole different animal that our children are living in. And that was in my head. That literally was in my head. Like, don't pull cold water. Don't, don't, don't make him cower, you know, oh, be there, you know, take the cowardly way. Don't make him, you know, don't, don't make him over. Don't minim, minimize him and his convictions. Listen, advise, counsel, but don't don't pour water on this. If you're gonna water it, make it a plant a seed so you can water that so it'll grow. But don't don't drown him in it because you're not really comfortable with what you're seeing happening in the world today. And you can see something even this innocent, you know, causing a child to be labeled or mistreated even um, because you just don't know how people really think. You don't know how people think. You don't know how people roll. And when you find out how people think, you know, if it's not too late by the time you do, you, you distance yourself and you separate yourself from those who are not um, who are who are who would be against you or would want to cause you harm. Always talk to bounce ideas off of and be friends with people who think completely opposite of you. You'll have some of the best dinner parties ever because the debate will be from an intellectual place that everybody should enjoy. You should enjoy a real good hard down debate about issues and values. That's that's a good t- dinner party to me is people who have opposing views or different perspectives and hearing it all. 
So absolutely don't change that. But Mama Mo just kicked in to now's not the time, Ringo. We got bigger things going on. But bigger things impact and trickle down into smaller things and smaller minds. So big issues, big hurdles, huge hurdles, big elephants in the room often trickle down into the smaller places into the local places, into the familiar places, into the neighborhoods, those, but it also trickles down into smaller minds. And I don't know where the smaller minds are because some people are smart enough not to reveal what they really believe, but I don't want you, my son, getting your feelings hurt or your light put out before it even gets to really shine. And as a mom, do you want to be the one to damper the light or to hide the light in efforts of knowing that if someone outside of you, outside of your family unit did it, it may never come back again. It may forever be changed because you still my baby, you're still young and you have not grown up. My father and mom knew I was an adult. And if I was going to go out there and say, hey, I'm going to ride this pony, we're going we're gonna to correct this. And they knew that I was mature enough to understand where my knots were going to come from and what kind of bruises I could expect and to prepare accordingly. But he has not had the life experience to do that. But he has seen life and experienced what life is like as a result of seeing life unfold on TV and on the Internet. So it put me in a place, y'all. It put me in a place of really like, really, you are you really you going to hypocrite today? How? You know, how hard are you going to hypocrite today? Because you really hypocrite right now. And I really did. I really sat there back and forth, back and forth. I even talked to Mimi about it, you know, my mom. And I said, well, I talked to him and I told him, hey, you know, maybe it's not the time. You really shouldn't be getting up petitions and signatures anyway. Because where do, who, are you passing a pen around? What's happening? Where, where is all this? Where, who's keeping up with this? You know, what do you plan to do with it? Because this is not necessarily, you know, if, if you want legislation change and you want, you know, curriculum changed, what what is your end goal here? He said, I want the, I want the, all the history, mom, all the history, the whole story behind it, not just this little piece that makes it seem like everything's, you know, roses and it wasn't. And, you know, I'm like, Man, daddy. Because my dad loved social studies so much that the kiddos, that's all they got was social studies and history. I mean, math too, but man, my father knew some history. And if you were ever, you know, if you ever took a class or not took a class, it ain't like he taught college, he taught, you know, elementary kids, fifth grade, sixth grade. So... You know, he did his job. I'm like, well played. And now I need you here to, you know, continue to advise because the world has changed. And, and now, you know, you're raising, we're raising our children to be drum majors for justice. And in our home, faith in, in God, trust in God. So we're raising them to be God-fearing and loving, but educated in, in, in understanding all points of view, not just your point of view, and getting as much knowledge as you can. And so he's just eating knowledge for breakfast 
And now your mom is like, whoa, 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 wait, what now? What? Say what now? <laughs> and it had me gut check me. Who are you? What do you really stand for? Are you going to stand on your word? Are you going to stand for what you taught? Are you going to say, well, I meant that. I meant all of that. Except, you know, at age 13, I was just thinking maybe you hit that around 18, 20, 19, 20, when you go off to college and you really live a little bit more and you continue to live and you see how things are and you can figure out how to maneuver. That's what I was. Good, but, you know, here we are. In a, in a world where you're like an activist. <laughs> He's an activist. He is an activist. He is everything that my dad would smile about. And his brother, too, uh, just soaking up history. They love social studies, love the study of the world and other cultures. That's that's the best thing you can ever teach a child, in my opinion, is to understand that everybody's not the same. We're from different places and the world is so different just across town, let alone across the pond. And, and to respect it, even though it's not like what you have to respect for. And I just didn't think, I just didn't think I would have, you know, this conversation. And this is where we landed. So. As I was back and forth, I shared my concerns and then I asked questions. I was like, well, let me see, you know, here's what I'm concerned about. First of all, should you even be doing a petition? Secondly, did you did you research to find out, you know, what you need to do? What did you write down what the end goal was going to be? So turn into a project of you know, when you want to see change and you want to do it in a way that is scalable, that's not just for your little world or your little class, but if you want something that is going to impact masses, how do you do that? And when you figure out what it takes to do that, write down what you want the result to look like in the end? What do you want to come out of this? What's your end game goal? And then go backwards from there. So, and I'm trying to encourage them to think through everything because the question, the discussion today was, okay, so you want to change the school curriculum? Are you trying to change the state curriculum? Do you, okay, so you do know that a lot is impacted Nash from national directors. So what do you want to see? Are you looking at that? Are you looking at the way your class learns about it? Are you looking at the way it's taught or meant? What do you want? You want to attack what's in the textbooks? I just need to know. I just need to know what you want this to look like. And and I because I think just thinking it through gives him to really still learn from and savor without me pouring anything on it because I want you to do things the right way. And my way is not always the right way, but the process, whatever the process is in place, follow that process. Um, and, and how you do that, as long as you if someone says, well, you have to have 10,000 signatures submitted to this office by this certain time, then follow that process. And make sure that everything that you are, that you have, make sure that you're of age to do this. Make sure that you have all of the things you need for all these signatures and all of this stuff. And make sure you're not doing it during school time because you need to be learning. And I'm <laughs> and I know he is. He said, no, this is after after school. And, you know, we just talk, mom. We talk. And I'm like, man, see, I knew. I knew when I kept those, those kiddos home from March until just last week when they, I finally just sucked it up, prayed over and sent them back to in-person school, a uh, school in person, rather. I knew missing all their friends and all of their 
the, the interaction could probably lead to a whole hodgepodge tomfoolery full, full of things that now that y'all finally together, now that you're with all your friends, y'all just going to come up with all kinds of stuff because you haven't seen each other and you missed each other. And you don't have the freedom and flexibility like um, parents to, you know, just anytime you want to duo somebody or, or Zoom call them, you can, you do that with family and stuff, but you don't do that with friends. And now that y'all all together, y'all want a petition? <laughs> oh. And as a parent, I had to, to really hear that. Am I going to stand on my word or not? Am I teaching what I believe? And if this is what I believe and it's right in our home, based on our value system, based on our faith, it's the right way to move. Then why are you sitting here lamenting? <laughs> For what? Because you're worried about the way he will be perceived, the way he might be, people may confuse his intentions or the way he might not be in a safe place or that he might, you know, experience discomfort or you worried about the impact it'll have on you as his parent. So that's some real, there's some real truth moments right there where I had to evaluate, shoot, what am I really, what am I, grappling with and why because because folks because I see people on TV acting crazy and wicked or saying wicked things people been saying wicked things if everybody just said wait well let me wait till it's a little hot I don't really want to jump in the in the hot ball in the port hot right now. Let me wait. Yeah, turn, the, turn the stove down. Let me wait till the temperature decreases. That ain't gonna get the baby no candy. That's just mm -mm. you know <laughs> is we finished or is we done? I don't know. I don't know. But I do know that I had to check myself as a parent and as a person and and look at my convictions and when to evaluate how convicted are you, boo? And you okay then what you gonna do? It's almost like 2020 was like, whew, I gotta I done wrung all the blood out of y'all I can get. I'm I'm, I'm done. I think I think y'all have, you know, been soundly whipped into shape or whipped out of shape or just whipped into a frenzy. Cause Y'all just all discombobulated now. And then 2021 was like, hmm. so let's have your child be an activist and you question your own convictions. <laughs> we, how many days in? Not even 20, not even 30 days in. And I'm sitting here like, you either stand, you stand for what's right or you don't. Even if that means standing with your child when he stands for what's right or when she stands for what's right. And it's it's an interesting place. It's an interesting place because it's a it's a very real, raw, emotionally charged time in our lifetime. This is just the kicker. Like of all the things, of all of the things that, that have happened in my world before last year and what's happened now, I'm still, a, I still sometimes actually look at things like this, this is not really happening. This is some, I'm trapped in somebody's dream. I'm trapped in somebody's imagination and I'm, I'm just watching them this unfold because this is a terrible a movie gone wrong. It's just not what I thought it would be. And it may seem minor, 
um, in the grand scheme of things. A 13-year-old's idea, I mean, shoot, in a couple of weeks, they could be, you know, petitioning because they don't like the way I'm sauteing the vegetables. I don't know. I don't know what, but I do know that that it 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 changed. It made me think about what I was going to say to my son should someone outside pour water on your idea or you know question you or your convictions. You know, if somebody tries to challenge you, are you sure that you've dotted all I's and crossed all T's? And that's something that I I miss most about my dad because he was a T-crossing, I-dotting kind of bro. <laughs> we didn't miss no. I mean, it's like, he's like, what's your plan A? What's your plan B? What's your plan C? Me to D. Me to plan D. So it's, I'm just trying to rewind and, and remember what he's said and taught and, and, and not undermine, you know, our, our value system and what we believe. And I would have undermined if I had gone with my first gut of mama bear, like, well, what you doing? I would have definitely poured water on it. I would have sucked the complete life out of of, you know, the pure, honest joy and conviction that this child has for what he believes is right. And he's doing exactly what we taught him to do. Just to, just maybe about eight years earlier than I thought he would have to, or that I thought he would be led to, or that I thought he would need to, because I, I thought we would have been farther along as a people anyway. So the fact that this, the, what we're going through now is even on the table for discussion and working through is a little disappointing because you, uh, you would have thought much more progress had, had been made, but no, ah, no, whatever the opposite of progress is, that's what you see is happening right now as human in society, the opposite of progress, regress, regression chronicles. So that's it. That's it, guys. That's where I stand on that. It it really, really called me to question myself and and who I really am as a parent and as a mentor uh, as well. Because you know, parenting is so much more than just providing food and clothing and shelter and love and all these things. It's also providing life skills. And when you see the life, the positive life skills that you have planted in your child or the, someone you are a caregiver for, and when you see them blossom, you know, now's not the time to, you know, pour cold water on it or to darn spray the weed be gone on the flower. Because, you know, you're just looking at the, the, the negative that could come out of it. You didn't even think to look at the positive. You can, didn't even think, you know, why don't you ask your social studies teacher if maybe this can be a project and you can do a project on the blah, 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 for extra credit in case you don't turn in something. Let's cut you. Well, we're not at home anymore. Y'all were in person. But when we were online digitally, it was literally like, oh, I did that. Oh, I forgot to hit submit. So anyway, that's a, another discussion. So. Like maybe you just need a little extracurricular, you know, extra credit project in your back pocket that you can pull out and say, so those, so those times I got these zeros, you know, could, will this project <laughs> suffice? And it requires research too. So it's a learning moment for him. And it's an opportunity to get so much more out of it than his initial gut thought of this is what we're going to do. It's helping him to strategically think through how do you really affect it? How do you, what do you really want to address? Is this the even right approach? Is this the right level? You know, there's no harm in writing our legislative members and are emailing them about your thoughts. So I, 
planted that seed, like there's so many ways that you can impact change or if nothing else, learn about the process because there's no guarantee that what you're doing and what you have, what this activism is, what the cause is, is no guarantee that it'll work or that it'll stick or that it'll last more than six months. So at least you have learned how to approach it. And it's helped me to learn to stay in the role of parenting through how do you how do you go about standing for change? How do you go about making a change? That's it. So what y'all doing out there? <laughs> how are you? How are you doing? Because I know your kids are probably like, if you have children, if you have nieces and nephews or god kids, they're probably watching things and kids are forming opinions. They may not share them, but you know, how are you encouraging them to truly evaluate what they see, what they're consuming on the news, in newspapers, on their social media feeds, from their friends, from you know, other adults who have influence over them. How are you teaching or, or what are you, what are you encouraging? What are you uh, distilling and instilling? Lord, I'm going to distill. I must be tired and I don't drink. So I don't know what that's about. What are you instilling in them? Um, as you know, my father instilled in me a strong constitution, a strong personal constitution. There are just certain things that I stand on, period, period, stand on them. And, and if you don't, then someone else is going to dictate how you handle the situation because you didn't have a conviction or a constitution of your own to, to understand, oh no, this, this is where my value system lines up. This is where my faith lines up. No, but, but this is where it is. We can talk about it. We can listen to each other. But I do have a conviction and a constitution of my own that that serves as a guide for how I move. I, but I'm I will listen. I'll debate. I'll have fun. But I still have a foundation, and I don't want anybody to break his foundation. So what are you doing to make sure that? Or to still, how are you even checking in on your kids? Are you asking them, like, what do you think? What do you think is happening at the Capitol? What do you think is happening here? What do you, you, you know, you've seen all these political ads, and some of them are very cruel and mean and untruthful. So, what do you think about that? I mean, how are you, because I think saying, oh, let kids be kids is over. <laughs> we, we've done that. We have, we have taken away that as the adults. We've shown them in our lack of humanity who we are. So let kids be kids. How? Look how we are here acting. They gotta grow up. They can't help it. It's, it's, we out here acting like some wild, just craziness. You know, just whatever happened to discussions? <laughs> Sitting down talking things through, or whatever happened to being still. And, and understanding, you know, why you might be not be right on something. <laughs> anyway, that's, that's me, honest, truthful, as raw as I can possibly be tonight. I had to get in my reading look for this. I didn't even, I didn't even go to the living room because I wanted to speak privately for one because, you know, my activist is, might be up taking notes <laughs> but I just this one took me for a loop because it questioned who I was as a woman as a person and lastly as a parent all right y'all thank y'all for riding with me I just had to get that off my chest because it is just mess with me ever since I first learned about what my kid was thinking about doing and, and you know he's a teenager it might not even it may be something else next week, but even still, it was it was worth it, 
it's worth a, a learning opportunity and educational moment for him and for me. Uh, so y'all just be good. Um, be good to yourselves. Be good to each other. You know how to um, get at me on social media. Let, well, let me know your thoughts. What y'all out here doing with these kids who, you know, let a kid be a kid. Well, what else you got? They're not. Be good to yourselves. Let me say it again. Be good to each other. And I'll see you when I see you.